Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 891, air date February 22nd, 2021. algorithms which flip votes it's embedded into the software it's been going on at least for 20 years we don't have elections in america we have selections i'll repeat that we don't have elections we have selections we live in a third world state and my parents thought we left a third world country but this is a third world state and we should get over all of our illusions someone's got air going off there so the fortunate thing that you have with someone like me is I spent, I've been doing math since I was around 10 years old. I built the first email system when I was 14. And so when this problem came to me, the problem was they try to screw someone who actually knows math. And so what I'm going to share with you is unequivocal mathematics that shows elections in this country are being flipped. And anyone you see in office, it's because someone wanted them to be there. It's not you voted for them. So we had 3,000 volunteers, as Michelle said, on the ground. We raised $1.6 million. If you came to my house, 5,000 letters, 10,000 letters from people all over this country. 10,000 lawn signs, 20,000 bumper stickers. We did stand 500 to 600 standouts. We had a real campaign. 1.5 million cards distributed. We distributed those cards, which had stopped election fraud long, long, long before it became fashionable to do that. And so they worked with Galvin, and they flipped the election because we were headed for a freaking landslide. If you talk to everyone on the ground, it was landslide, landslide, landslide. There's no way a guy who has no lawn signs, no bumper stickers, no campaign could ever win. You know, I have 50 years experience in a field called pattern recognition. Can everyone see this? And uh, the reason this is interesting, pattern recognition, what this is about. And my whole life has been spent in that. Bunch of degrees at MIT. You know, I was nominated for the U.S. National Medal of Technology and Innovation. Uh, won every award you could win at MIT, okay? Worked my butt off, not like Elizabeth Warren, okay? Next. So it, it'll come into, so what you're gonna learn today is pattern recognition you're gonna learn, and you're gonna learn about our electronic voting systems. I had to learn this very quickly. So what you see here is this is an electronic voting system. Stuff comes in, stuff should come out, right? What should come in is voters go, in, now by the way, in Franklin County in Massachusetts, 80% of the ballots are hand counted. So when you go into the voting booth, there's two ways you just fill in your ballot and you put it in a slot. In the electronic voting machines, what happens, that ballot is scanned by the voting system. And guess what's created when it gets scanned? What's generated? Anyone know? What? An image, like taking a photograph. It's called a ballot image. So when you put your paper in, the paper goes into the bin, an image gets created. Okay? Yes? I'm talking to the city clerk in Jupiter Island. I worked on the elections. He said that they do not scan them. They do not make the images. 
No, he's not. He's absolutely lying. No, no, no. They turn. We'll talk about what they're actually doing. So you cannot tabulate a vote unless there's an image. Okay? What they do is they delete the images, which is a violation of federal law 52 U.S.C. 20701. And that Galvin decides to do because when you delete valid images, you can't show the evidence that the computer algorithm's on. But I'm glad you brought this up, okay? So when the paper goes in, an image is created, and then computer software looks for the, the ellipse, you know, when you circle in person A, John or Shiva, oh, one vote for John. So you cannot count a vote unless an image is generated, period. Does that make sense? Yeah. This is just very basic. So if anyone tries to BS you, oh, we don't have valid images like this guy in Newton, he's absolutely lying or he's ignorant. Okay? So if P number of voters, let's say everyone here, about 30 people, we go into the voting booth. If 30 of us go into a voting booth, and let's say there's one candidate, right? How many how many votes should come out? Okay, so let's all get that clear. 30 people, 30 of us go in, 30 votes should come out, right? Great. Next, John. So, so uh, am I okay with position? Yeah, you okay. So we call that B. Okay, so P number of people go in, voters go in, and B number of votes. Really simple, right? So P equals B. Hey, John, can we can we just stay there? Okay. Maybe I'll just say next. P equals B. Okay. That's what you would think, right? Does that make sense? So you should have 10 people going, you should have 10, <laughs> 10 votes, right? Well, I'm going to show you now something. So what we did was um, on September 1st, you know, I was campaigning all the way. I mean, we were doing, we probably hit 250 cities with our bus. We went everywhere. We had billboards, lawn signs, radio, everywhere. So on September 1st, night, the election results are coming in, and we win in Franklin County by 10 points, which was, remember, 80% hand-counted. In every other county, 60-40, Here's a guy who never campaigned. He wins in all-black profit. He will, wins in his bag. He wins everywhere. He's like a man for all seasons. Quite amazing. So what I found out was that you could go to a town and you could ask two pieces of documents. One is called a participating voters list. So when you walk in, you know they check your, check your name off? They put that into a spreadsheet. So it's, it, it, it's a list. It's an Excel spreadsheet of everyone who voted, let's say Milford, their name, their party affiliation, right? You don't know how they voted, but their names. So if you if there's if that spreadsheet has 20 rows, which means 20 people voted, right? So we were able to, so we went and said, wait a minute, something's not adding up. So on my September 1st speech, I, I didn't concede, still have not conceded. I said, there's no way this guy won. I said, I'm glad we have the Second Amendment. Okay? So we went and did a sampling. We went to different towns and we wanted to get the participating voters. Let's next. So these are the number of participating voters. So, for example, Boston, 142,911 people actually came in and voted. Can you see that? 
In Lawrence, 8,000. This is a combination of Democrats and Republicans. Yeah. This is this is anyone who came in a vote. Anyone who voted. Exactly. That's key. In New Bedford, 8,914. Newton, you can see 30,284 people. So this is the actual list of people who they said mail-in ballots, early voting, physical people came in, etc. Okay. Then we actually looked at the ballots cast. Next. So what do you see here? In Boston, 142,911 people came in, but 147,025 people actually voted. Yeah. I mean, votes were cast. Next. And what you see is, so in Boston, 4,114 more people, more votes than the people who actually voted. Okay? Uh, go look at Newton. 1,780 more people, more votes than people who actually voted. None of the numbers match up. And this is something everyone can do in your town. By law, they have to, I, I can show you the FOIA. You can issue them and they have 10 days to give you the data. Very simple exercise. Everyone can participate. And, and this is what we found out. None of the, there's more votes cast than voters, than people. This should be perfect. Remember, we made these guys just to count. We're not asking them to solve the Napier-Stokes equation. We're not asking them to fix plumbing. We're not asking them to do an electrical job. We're not asking them to remodel the kitchen. Just count a bunch of votes. And they can't match these? Yeah. Well, it's interesting because like, looking at the voter results, sometimes they say, <coughs> the number of people that walked, put many ballots, let's say 575 ballots, but they're only like, they don't get, not everybody puts off to be pleased or you know, It doesn't matter. This includes all of that. No, but I'm saying that they're not, I mean, you're saying it's the opposite of the reports I'm saying. The reports I'm saying say, you know, 500 voted, but only 500 were there, but there were only 375 votes. No, but that includes everything. It includes the black votes, under votes, over votes, everything is included. Right. It's a total vote. So okay. if you went in and you didn't vote for either one, that's still a that's still count you that's you still don't get a ballot cast, okay? These are the actual total ballots. Okay. Okay? These should be perfect. They should I mean if you were in accounting and you had one dollar off, the IRS comes after you. Just think about it. This is an accounting issue. I have fifty years experience in a field called pattern recognition. Can everyone see this? And uh, the reason this is interesting, pattern recognition what this is about. And my whole life has been spending that bunch of degrees at MIT. You know, I was nominated for the U.S. National Medal of Technology and Innovation. Uh, won every award you could win at MIT, okay? Worked my butt off, not like it was before, okay? Next. So, it'll come into, so what you're gonna learn today is pattern recognition you're gonna learn, and you're gonna learn about our electronic voting systems. I had to learn this very quickly. So what you see here is, this is an electronic voting system. The stuff comes in, Stuff should come out, right? What should come in is voters go. In, now, by the way, in Franklin County in Massachusetts, eighty percent of the ballots are hand counted. So when you go to the voting booth, there's two ways: you just fill in your ballot and you put it in a slot. In the electronic voting machines, what happens? That ballot is scanned by the voting system. And guess what's created when it gets scanned? What's generated? Anyone know? Uh, what? A copy. 
an image, like taking a photograph. It's called a ballot image. So when you put your paper in, the paper goes into the bin, an image gets created. Okay? Yes? I'm going to the city clerk that you arrive at. I worked on the elections. He said that they do not scan them. They do not make the images. No, he's not. He's absolutely right. No, no, no. They turn. We'll talk about what they're actually doing. So you cannot tabulate a vote unless there's an image. Okay. What they do is they delete the images, which is a violation of federal law, 52 U.S.C. 7020701. And that Galvin decides to do because when you delete ballot images, you can't show the evidence that the computer algorithm is on. But I'm glad you brought this up, okay? So when the paper goes in, an image is created, and then computer software looks for the, the ellipse. You know, when you circle in person A, John or Shiva, oh, one vote for John. So you cannot count a vote unless an image is generated, period. Does that make sense? This is just very basic. So if anyone tries to BS you, oh, we don't have valid images like this guy in Newton, he's absolutely lying or he's ignorant. Okay, so if P number of voters, let's say everyone here, about 30 people, we go into the voting booth at Milford, we get race feature, what is that? Well, when P goes in, B should come out next. Guess what they have? You think B should equal P, right? But guess what actually goes on next? B is actually P, the number of people who come in, times a weight. So if 100 people came in, they can multiply that by 1.2. So you get 120 votes. Or you could multiply by 0.666. Okay, so you get 66 votes. You follow what I'm saying? And, and why am I saying that? So there is a feature in the software that tabulates a vote. So when the ballot goes in, it's scanned into a ballot image. Remember that ballot image? When it counts it, that's the count, and then they're tabulated. Tabulation takes place centrally, and there's a move to centralize voting completely at the state level or at the county level. Because when you centralize, you can throw on the weighted race feature. And if you don't believe this exists, I'll show it to you next. Next. This is the Diebold 2002 manual. Diebold started by ES&S, which used to be based out of Andover, Massachusetts. Diebold is the gem system. You know, they make all the ATMs. They used to be the voting system. They are the grandfather of all voting systems. The, the Dominion system, the Smartmatic system, they all have a lineage to these systems, okay? So I'm gonna show you, this is a user's manual of 2002, and we're gonna go to page 2-126, next. And it's page 2-126, and there's a page here. Scroll it, John, zoom in. It's called the Weighted Race Feature, next. It's in weighted races. It's a feature you can turn on. Weighted races are tallied by weights. Aside from the voter registration, may be counted in central count vote centers only. So if I get a thousand votes, John gets a thousand votes, they can set out weights. For every vote John gets, it can be multiplied by two. He gets two thousand votes, and every vote Sheba gets multiplied by 0.5. This is a feature. And if I showed you the manual, which we it's in our lawsuit. For the Dominion systems, it's the feature zero 2018. 2018. Uh, you have a straight judge. 
So, what's that? How did you get a legit judge? Luck. There's a, if you believe there's a God, or pure luck. Okay? The judge we have is a, a, a guy called Mark Wolf, appointed by Reagan, and he's a constitutionalist. I'll get to that. Okay? So, we found this out. Weighted race feature. Everyone see this? Yeah. How, many, how many people knew this exi existed? And where did you learn about that? You. We're the ones who brought it out, okay? Right. This has existed for 20 years. Both parties have been using this feature. Why was this feature put in? This feature was originally developed for voting and housing associations. Let's say we all live in the condo unit. Let's say Dick owned 2,000 square feet of condo. John owned 1,000. Everyone else owned 1,000. When he got to vote for some maintenance, right? Because his condo fees may be a little bit higher, he got two votes to our one vote. That made sense. But that was left in for federal elections. Okay? Does that make sense? Both parties know about this. It's been in there. Why do I say that? This, every voting system is certified by the Secretary of State. It's blessed by them. All Secretaries of State belong to an association called the National Association of State Election Directors, and also the National Association of Secretaries of State, NASS and NASCD. Again, I found out all this in September. Okay? That association is a nonprofit, NASCD, is funded, you can look at it, it's not conspiracy funded by the Rockefeller Brothers and the Murdoch family. Quadrivium, okay? NASED wants to centralize vote tabulation. Their executive director, a woman called Amy Cohen, is the one in another organization that she started. That organization got $50 million in September 2020 by Zuckerberg to centralize voting. They want to centralize vote tabulation because then you can flip it even faster. You see, if every precinct is doing like in the old days, where we have hand-counted ballots, where we tabulate them and we report them on the day, you can't, when it's decentralized, you can't pull the stuff. But when it's centralized on digital media, you can flip votes all day long. Yep. <laughs> I'm a technologist, I'm telling you, as someone who's created email, creates technology, started seven companies, voting should go back to paper. Elections should be bigger than Christmas. Right. We should call election day off. Yes. Okay? And kids should be involved in counting. That's that's what election day should become. <clears throat> and so can we detect when the weighted race feature is enabled? So we went to Galvin and said, give me the ballot images. He doesn't have them. If we have the ballot images, we could have figured out the way to race feature because if you look at the total number of ballot images, right, they should match the total number of votes. Everyone getting it? So they delete the ballot images very conveniently because it is the evidence that can show when the weighted race feature is on. You, you see, it's a criminal deleting the evidence of the crime, right? One question. They're getting away with it because we live in a third world freaking state. Right. We live among criminals. This is what everyone's got to get clear. This is no different than living in a dictatorship. Because this stuff is going on. Why is a weighted race feature even in here? Why is why are secretaries of states even allowing this? Next. So if we couldn't find 
if we can't get the valid images, how do we find out what the weights were? So I had to start using mathematics. So, so yes, we could see that the secretary gave us a valid image, the Castle records and the list of records, the log files. These are all due to us by FOIA. What are all these things? Well, at the, the, every time a valid image is scanned in, it creates a cast vote record. The list vote records are all the adding up of all the cast vote records. And the log files are everything that took place on that machine. So I asked for those four things. We still haven't gotten them. What they said was they're deleted. So starting September 9th on Twitter, I started tweeting out. And I have a pretty big following. I started saying election fraud took place in third world Massachusetts. Gallivan destroyed ballots, hyphen ballot images. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he destroyed. Those tweets started going viral. Twitter never took me off, by the way. And I, and I kept putting this out there. On September 25th, I get an email from the Secretary of State's legal counsel, Michelle Castanari. You may want to write her name down. She is also the president now of the National Association of State Election Directors. Okay? She was a president-elect. She's Massachusetts State Election Director. She sends me an email saying, we don't have the ballot images. We're not required to store them by Massachusetts law. Email one. I write back and I say, Michelle, can you please tell me what Massachusetts law allows you to delete the ballot images? Next email from her says, we save the paper ballots but we don't store the valid images. I write back, I said, you violated federal law. This election is null and void. Those four emails, two of mine, two of hers, I put up on Twitter. She's a public official. Those start going viral. And within literally five hours, I am banned on Twitter for 21 days. I've never been banned on Twitter since 2011. Okay? Meanwhile, one of these fact-checking organizations writes a hit job on me. Oh, she was lying. You know, no ballots were deleted. No, I said ballot images. And then they say, we contacted the Secretary of State's office. They told us they contacted Twitter to say that Dr. Shibo Spedic is spreading election disinformation. So just now think about what I'm talking about here. We had moved our campaign to a writing campaign. You have the Secretary of State contacting Twitter to shut down a federal candidate. The First Amendment was created for political speech, number one reason. The state could, the king, right, the king could shut you down. The reason the founders created the First Amendment was you could say anything against public officials. So here, the Secretary of State contacted Twitter to shut me down. So I try to find a lawyer. No lawyer wanted to take us on. I had to file the lawsuits in federal court by myself. So we filed our first lawsuit saying violation of the First Amendment. Going after Twitter is going to be forever, Section 230. Election integrity is going to be forever. So we filed a lawsuit saying that the Secretary of State violated my First Amendment by contacting Twitter. And we here we have the news, the idiots in the newspaper put it out there. So for it was supposed to be a one-hour hearing. So I wrote, I wrote the petition to the guy. First victory is the guy gave us a hearing. Normally could have thrown it out. The judge wanted to hear the case. The judge, Mark Wolf, so it's me against three lawyers, Harvard trained lawyers. 
for our hearing. And we filed two parts of that lawsuit. One was a petition. One was what's called a restraining order. Remember, I'm, I'm in the middle of a federal election campaign. I wanted the judge to restrain Galvin from ever contacting Twitter and shutting me down. Okay? And the second part of the lawsuit is for about $1.2 billion, the actual lawsuit. Judges do not like to give restraining orders. You know why? Because when they give you the restraining order, it's a signal you're going to win the whole case. And you need, in order to get a restraining order, you need to prove that no, that you will suffer irreparable harm if they don't do something right away. The defendant is not going to suffer irreparable harm. And that you're likely to win the whole case. The judge gave it to us. No one reported on this. Yeah, because we argued it. I, I, I had to study law, guys. I proved what's called cast Paul liability. It's a very famous precedent case and the Blom test. The judge was quite impressed. He ripped the other lawyer, Adam Hornstein, who's the assistant AG. He goes, I gave Dr. Shiva this lawsuit. He goes, you had 10 days. And he goes, he did a much better job than you. Okay. So we showed that the cat's ball liability comes from the famous Aesop's Fable story where there's a cat and a monkey. There's a chestnut on a barbecue, and the monkey doesn't want to get the chestnut. So he induces the stupid cat to take the chestnut, okay? And the cat gets his hand burned. It's called cat's ball liability, which means a monkey induced the cat to do it. The monkey here was the Secretary of State, which induced the cat, Twitter, to do that action. So we showed that. It's a very famous precedent-setting case. So, so we got that. We got our restraining order. You can read it. Okay? Got two victories there. First, they heard us, and second, they gave us a restraining order. And that lawsuit was there. But in that lawsuit, in that four-hour hearing, a young, I think she must have been in her 20s or 30s, the judge says, so how did you decide to take Dr. Shiva down? She goes, oh, my boss told me, Michelle Kostari, to call Twitter. She goes, and what did you do? She goes, oh, I went to Twitter and complained. Dr. Shiva spent spreading electric misinformation, meaning valid images were destroyed. And then he said, well, did you think they would do something? He goes, yeah. She said, yes. And he, and he goes, why? He goes, oh, we have a Twitter partnership. And he goes, what do you mean? He goes, we have like a hotline to Twitter. When we call them, so the, the, the opposing counsel was arguing, oh, this is just anyone could have complained to, to uh, Twitter. We're not all equal. It turned out that they also called the National Association of State Election Directors, uh, Amy Cohen, who's the executive director, she even has a hotter line to Twitter. My expose that ballot images were deleted goes at the heart of the entire way that American elections are run. That's why they took me down for 21 days. So we have that lawsuit has not been dismissed. It's there. We filed all of our oppositions, and we'll see what the judge does. Okay? We have a process where you're looking for a feature. Okay, then you do some math to cluster it, and then you figure out is it normal or abnormal. Next, so I'll give you an example. So the question in election is, what's the normal pattern, and what's the abnormal pattern? Okay, next, next. So our objective was to determine the feature of a signal. Next, what is the normal state and the abnormal state? Next, and what are, and to develop models to explain. Next, and, and I presented this at the oversight committee. So there's two types of voting. Michigan has a very interesting voting pattern. You can go vote 
You know how we vote here? You vote for a candidate. But in Michigan, you can do straight party voting. It's one of the seven states. You know what that is? You just go in and you just say, I'm a Republican. And it just vote, and, and you don't have to do anything else. It, all the Republicans, it's in one fell swoop. You vote for all Republicans or you vote for all Democrats. Yeah, it's called straight party voting. Yeah. So next, so we were able to, so what we did was so, so some people can vote individually by candidates, you know, they can choose Trump or Biden, or they can choose a candidate, A or B, next. Or they can vote by party, all Republican or all Democrat, next. And each precinct tracks is a voter either casting straight party or individual. So we had, what we're looking at is a feature is, on the x-axis, we're going to look at the individual percent of individual candidate votes minus the straight party votes. It's a difference, okay? And on the y-axis, we're going to look at the straight party votes. Next. So next. Keep going. So for example, let's say 200 total voters go to a precinct in Michigan. 100 voters vote straight party, okay? The other 100 vote by individual. So let's say 60 votes go to... Uh, uh, Republican, that means Trump got 60% of those straight party votes, right? Let's say 40 votes went to Democrats, 40% went to Biden. Does that make sense? Everyone tracking? Next. The other 100 voters were individual candidates. And let's say 65 people voted for Trump individually, that's 65%. And 35 people voted for Biden, that'd be 35%. So 200 went into voting booth, 100 people voted straight party, and other people voted individual. Okay? So what we were seeing next was we were measuring the difference between the individual candidate vote, which would be, in that case, Trump 65%, minus a Republican, which would be 60, so you get 5%, okay? It's a feature, next, and we plotted them, next. So, so in that case, the x-axis is a Republican straight party vote, and the y-axis is the individual, okay? Next, and you can plot these graphs, next. And so, obviously, if we're going, 0% means no Republicans, and as you move over to the right, you get precincts with high Republican percentages. Got it? Because we're plotting, so go, next, Sean. And so those would be high Republican percentages, next. And so, for example, here's the straight line means, this red line means you're on track to how the straight, so typically, if, if, if it's a high Republican precinct, you should, Trump should be winning in those, right? Or you should have the individual and the straight party voting match, and that's what the 0% means. Next. So, let's look at the normal and abnormal states, okay? Next. Next. So, by the way, this is, we're looking at Jefferson County in the Jeff Sessions election um, in Alabama. What do you see here? We're plotting this, so you go from zero precincts Republican all the way to heavy, uh, Republican precincts, okay? And what you get here is this curve, next shot. You should get this hyperbolic curve. This is what's called a normal state, which means as you move left to right, you're not, he's not gonna get that many votes here, right? Because these are highly Democrat. This is gonna be independence. And then as you go here, it's gonna go below because you get more and more Republicans here, okay? This is what's, this is a feature you should always see. It's like the QRST complex. This is what's called the normal pattern. In the interest of time, just trust me, this is a normal pattern. Next, I'll give you another example. This is John McCain. Next, in, in Arizona, same pattern, okay? Next, this is in Saginaw County, where they did cheat in Michigan. Next, same pattern. You see, you get that beautiful hyperbolic, uh, parabolic. <laughs> this is what you should normally see 
when you do this kind of plotting. Everyone tracking? Yeah. All right, this is like a normal heartbeat. Next. So what we so if you look at it, this curve is composed of like three different pieces. This straight part, a little flat part of this, okay? It's a at least a curve that has three components. Next. So next, so I call this a function here f of x, g of x, and h of x. I don't want to overwhelm you, but simply put, it should be made up of three pieces. Okay, if it's a normal curve. Next. Next. So that's a normal state. This is a nice little curve, umbrella. Next. When you find, when we started plotting this for Oakland County, what do you find? You find a straight line. This is in Oakland County, Michigan. Next over here, same thing, a straight line. This is not supposed to be a straight line. It should be a curve. And what you see is, as Trump gets more and more Republican, he gets less and less votes. Okay, next. In fact, it occurs too fast. Next. So, it's not a parabolic arc. It's a single function. It's just, it's just a line. It should be just a line. Next. Missing features. Next. It's unnatural. Next. Completely linear. Next. So, this is again in McCobb County. Same thing. Next. And we did both early voting and on election day, right? So this is mail-in, early voting, election day. Next. And same thing here. This was quite profound. Next. You'll see it's almost an amazing box. It's programmed. Okay? It's like as you go this way, you can draw, I can calculate that for you. Okay? Everyone following? It's, it's not supposed to look like this. Never. Next. So this is how it should look. Next. Instead, next, it's a lot. Okay? So, abnormal state, abnormal state. Get it? Pattern recognition. Next. So, no different than the cardiology graph. Okay? Make sense? Next. Next. Ken County. Quite amazing. Okay? Next. So, so, next. So, across these three major counties, President Trump loses votes in direct proportion to percent Republicans in a precinct. More Republicans, more votes he loses. Next. Too linear, it's machine-like. Next. It's a line, a constant slope, not a parabola with varying slopes. Next. A weighted function imposed on reality. Now I'm going to show what happened in Massachusetts. We did this before this. So we have two cases in federal court right now. 1189, which is the one we got that first victory, and then I filed uh, on October 30th, another uh, in early November, another case to decertify the entire election. I'm asking for decertification of the entire U.S. Senate election. Total decertification. And that's 12080. When we filed that, Galvin and all the same attorneys, Maura Healy, filed a 120-page brief to dismiss our case. Now remember, all of the cases that Trump filed, you know all of them were dismissed, right? Every single one of them. Yeah. The judge denies their dismissal. Okay? He, he basically says there's merit. In fact, he gave me... He Was gave he me the same judge for the Whitey Bulger mafia? Yeah, yeah. Mark Wolf went after Whitey Bulger. Okay? So, we'll see what he does. But so far, whatever happens, we've gotten two victories. Because he's when, when people dismiss a case, that means they don't see any merit in it. And our case is based on this singular principle. It's not about stop the steal, which was run by a complete scumbag called Ali Alexander. Okay? And you should go read about him. 
The real principle here is one person, one vote. In 1787, slaves were deemed three-fifths by the North, by the way. And then Dred Scott tried to get his freedom, and they said, no, you're three-fifths of a citizen. It was not until 1964 that Judge Earl Warren clarified the 14th Amendment and the 5th Amendment. He said the 5th Amendment applies to the 14th Amendment to states. Say one person, one vote. You could, you can't be having some counties where you have only 200 people, they get a senator. Another county has 10,000 people, they get a senator. One person, one vote was what this country was founded on. Next, so what do we do here? So what happened? So remember I told you in Franklin County, had counted, I win by 10 points in every other county, 60-40, 60-40, it was almost like a machine. But one of my friends has been doing election math for probably 20 years, Phil Evans. Phil Evans and I got very lucky. He goes, oh my God, Shiva, I haven't seen this. He goes, you got lucky. You got a unicorn, which means mathematical unicorn. What you're seeing here is the election voting pattern in one of the counties called Suffolk County. Suffolk County is primarily Democrat in Boston, which is highly Democrat. And very low number of people vote Republican there. It's like 80, 90%. Democrat. Only about 2,000 or 3,000 votes were cast there. But what we see is something very fascinating in this graph. And this is where we were able to figure out what weights were used against me and what weights were given to this guy. What you see here on the x-axis are precinct numbers, and the y-axis, and I'll explain this, are the number of precincts with that number of votes. Let me explain. So this is one which means precincts that only had one vote for me. Only one vote, there were precincts. Which, so what do you see? There were nearly 20 precincts, or 25 precincts, where I only got one vote, okay? Does that make sense? But this, the pattern is, remember, I'm teaching a pattern analysis, okay? Then there were about 10 precincts where I only got two votes. Okay, so 25 precincts where I got one vote. One is what? An odd number. Are remembering that? And then I get 10 precincts where I get two votes. What is two? Even number. So the number of odds to even is what? Two to one. Okay? Then I get three precincts, another odd number, where I get almost 26 votes. I mean, 26 precincts where I get three votes. And then I get another 10 precincts where I get 10 votes. You see the pattern? I mean, uh, sorry. Uh, uh, four votes, uh, sorry, 10 precincts where I got four votes, okay? And then you get another about 20 precincts where I get five votes. Up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. That means double the number of odds, then double the number of evens. And it's high-low patterns that goes on for nine times. This is like you go into a roulette table and getting double the number of evens and odds. It doesn't occur mathematically, Okay? So what we did was we took this pattern, and by the way, go to Cox, say Cox isn't like this, next. Uh, I'm sorry, so what you see here is, you see it's high, low, high, low, high, low, high, low. It's nine, nine, nine series of high, low patterns with two to one ratio. You follow what I'm saying? Yep. Odd to even. Every, everyone go to casinos, you know what I'm talking about, okay? It's like having, uh, you're gonna win, you're, you're gonna beat the house all the time. Next. Um, so what we did was I ran with the computers, this is what I do for a living, I ran a sim I simulated the whole election, and I ran 100,000 iterations of this thing, and we found out that can only occur, you can't read it, 
one out of 161 elections, okay? Which may seem, okay, that's just, that's just high lows. Next, then I said, what about if it was high lows, but two to one, right? Number of odds even. Well, that will only occur one out of 100,000 elections. I don't even think we've had that many elections in 250 years. Impossible. Next, we calculated how this could occur. Next. And it turns out the way this can occur is if my vote for multiplied is fascinating by 0.666. Okay? What's that? And his votes were multiplied by 1.2. We had to back calculate it. Next. And what we did was we redid Suffolk County. So the, the red is what I ended up in Suffolk, which was 38%, and he had 57 when you de-weight the elections, I get 57%, he gets 47%. Okay? I would have beat him. I know I won this election. Everyone was saying, Shiva, you won. It's like we were everywhere. So we did this with everyone. This is, by the way, the lawsuit. Next. Norfolk, same thing. You see, here I lose 34 to 60. Okay, 30. And here, I would have won by a small margin. Next. Here, same thing. Every county, I win. Next. Next. And you can keep going next. Worcester, it, it keeps going. So this was the weighted race where he wins, okay? Next. And the unweighted race, I win. Okay? So we backtrack, and this is in the lawsuit, and they have not they have not rebutted it. Their opposition doesn't even talk about this. They haven't brought in an expert. They can't rebut this. So this is in Massachusetts. We've shown that our weights were multiplied by a vote. Basically, all my voters were two-thirds of a person, okay? Anyone who voted for Dr. Shibai Dre was counted as two-thirds. And, and anyone who voted for him is two. What? 1.2. 1.2, okay? It's not one person, one vote. Next. So that was Massachusetts, and I'll finish up with this. This is what I did at the Arizona hearing, which also went viral, where Rudy Giuliani cross-examined me. Next. So we found out, uh, next. So I'll just give you, so what, next, next, next. No, this is, so what we did here, next, in the interest of time, so we have questions. What we did was we recreated the entire Arizona Maricopa County. Maricopa County is like huge, okay? Um, so what we did was what we're plotting is on the x-axis we're looking at the total. So basically you organize all the precincts by low number of votes to high number of votes. And you look at um, the total number of votes. So we're literally recreating the election. So the blue is Biden as quote unquote time goes on, okay? And what you see is Biden's here and Trump is over here. Next. So Biden got 49%. This was what was actually reported in Maricopa County. Next. And Trump got 476 Very close election, okay? But you notice the pattern of this curve. It goes up and it has a slope. So what we can do with the computer is we were trying to figure out, I can re-simulate this election by saying, okay, how many Democrats, how many Republicans, how many Libertarians, etc. Next. So we ran simulations. Next. So here's one simulation. So the green is Biden and the Trump is our simulator. This is the actual we're simulating. So in this case, we're looking at Biden, Democrats, 20% of Democrats went to Biden, 80% went to Trump, right? Republicans, 80% went to Biden and 20% went to Trump. You see, we can simulate, we can put different mixtures, combinations. Everyone following Demographics. Next. So here's another one. We said, okay, imagine Biden got 80% Democrats and Trump got 20, still not matching. You see? Right. Next. 
Okay, we said, okay, imagine Trump, Biden got 100% Democrats and Trump didn't get any. And, and Trump got 80% of Republicans and you also have libertarians, etc. Next. And we did 100,000 of these simulations. John, go back a little bit. Go back, back, back. Just do it, boom, 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 right? So you'll see it's a simulation. Take one, John. If you see how we're simulating, boom. And then we found out this one was the only one that matched. And what do you find out? You find out in order for this election to be been real, Biden would have had to get 130% Democrats, and Trump would have had to get minus 30%. That means for every one vote Trump got, seven tenths of it were taken away. And so I presented this, people, you know, this is the only way, and it, the curve fits beautifully. It's like right on top of it. Okay? So what we showed was, so, so that's what you would have had to do. Next. So, one possibility is there's a demographic within the independent voters, which we missed, right? The other is, is that Biden's actual voters are multiplied by 1.3, meaning each single vote Biden actually received became 1.3 reported votes, and President Trump's votes are reduced by 0.3, or 30% gain. Simply put, vote swapping. Next. So, in closing, this is the essence, the real crime scene is one person, one vote. It's not mail-in ballots. That's like that's like the receipts. You know, the sales guy makes up receipts. It's in the accounting system itself. The mail-in ballots, whether you do them right or wrong, you can still flip the votes. Does everyone get this? You can do mail-in ballots perfectly. You can do mail-in ballots horribly. It doesn't matter. It's it's the flipping of the votes. Next. So the legislators. This is what we need to do. We need to ban electronic voting systems. They need to just all go. And, and, we're, and, and given we know how to write these lawsuits, as Ann said, I'm already working on the bill. Okay, we have people working on it. We need to go to hand-counted paper ballots. So in our in our lawsuit, we've asked for two things. One, to decertify the marquee election. We've also asked to hand-count the entire Republican primary. And, and there is precedence for this. In uh, Wyman versus Durkin in New Hampshire, the guy actually went to the Senate and then the Senate had to redo the election eight months after he was in. So that doesn't mean you cannot do this. There's precedence. And, and the committee must request of each board of election commissioners to submit to them the ballot images. That's what we need to do. All the committee members on the election boards here must ask for the ballot images. Next. People, we need to issue a public records request. And I put a video out there. We teach you how to do it. Anyone can do it in their local. And this is where we can have some. Uh, control at the local level. And everyone should go see. That's P equal B in your town. Okay? Next. And here's a conclusion. Next. The inputs and the outputs of our voting systems are unverifiable. We don't have to, if they're not verifiable, it's garbage in, garbage out. Does that make sense? You can't verify because they delete the ballot images. Next. So what we need is we need verifiable inputs. So we gotta have permanent voter registration cards. Okay? Number two, we have to have open source software. Well, this is why it has to be local. Hand counted paper ballots. That's why I think if we go to one person, one vote, that's the call that I'm issuing. Because this is beyond Democrat. Democrats use We all slaves that? Okay? Right. We need to save, save ballot images for federal law. We need to publish ballot images in the cloud. If we're going to do ballot images, let's just publish them in the cloud. We'll all count. 
it, because we can all count them. Kids could count them. We could all be counting ballot images in any town, right? There's no uh, uh, automatic audits, audit every election, and publish some precinct level poll tapes. What do I mean by that? You know, we used to have the old town crier, right? They used to count, they used to publish, and they used to say, John won, right? And won. It was done on that night at the local precinct level. The fact that we centralize it, we transport it, that's where all the monkey business takes place. So in closing, it's really about one person, one vote. I've given you three examples. Uh, Sydney Powell, you know, look, I, I, I was, I went to the meeting on January 4th where Mike Lindell and Sydney Powell and, and Flynn had me come in to educate all the senators. What I came out is the senators don't want to do anything, guys. These people are all, they know this is going on. They get reelected every year. They get reelected every year. So no one's going to do it. There's no Messiah out there that's going to do it. It's us. And we have to do it locally at every precinct level. So your action is, I can show you guys how to go get this data. You can still do it now. The, 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 the P and the B, we need to move to a hand count about model, period. You cannot trust any of this. You cannot trust it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.